Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. If you love to purge and get rid of things, then today's episode is for you. We are going to be sharing five things teachers no longer need and can get rid of, plus we will share with you what you can do instead. But before we jump into this episode, let's hear a TSH from Melinda. My TSH is organizing paper, girl, you and so many other people. (laughs) I don't put things away when I'm finished and leave it for later. Laters in quotes, guys. The next year, when I teach that chapter, I have a box of materials to organize before getting started. This is something that teachers are all guilty of, myself included, even though I do tend to be pretty organized. I have those drawers where I sometimes stuff papers, and I love that she put later in quotes because we all know what that really means. We're not (laughs) going to ever get to it. (laughs) But the reality is that we are just making our lives harder when we need to be doing the opposite. I feel like everything we preach in this podcast is about how to make your life easier. I mean, we have that in, in the intro. So I think today's episode is going to really help with this because we are going to share some strategies of ways to transform your papers into digital materials. So this is no longer a problem. You know, I've been really guilty of not using the same materials because I don't have them with me or I haven't put them away and they're just stacked in like this bucket inside of my closet. So this past year, I've really been focusing on transitioning over to having everything online, making my planning so much easier and ensuring that I'm not wasting time trying to reinvent the wheel and remember what was it that I did last year? Yeah. Now, before we jump too far into today's episode, we just want to make this really clear. We are not saying you have to completely eliminate these items from your teacher life. Rather, we are suggesting that you adapt and transform these materials to be used digitally. So you have to ask yourself, does it matter that this is on paper or can it be made digital? What is the purpose of this item or activity? Does it have to be on paper? And think about all of those pros of going digital. Yeah, and some of these pros when we think about this digital space, and I know a lot of us have been thrown into digital world this year, this is a really good time to do this. But when we think about it, it takes up less space. So you can free up a ton of space in your closets. Um, It's going to allow you to have things a little bit more neatly organized versus cramming things, which I have been guilty of. It doesn't get lost. So whenever you need to find it, you can find it just by using like a find feature, which is super simple. It's more sanitary. (laughs) It is easier to adapt and change. And it's also easier to move with you. So if you're changing classrooms or schools, or if you're at home and you want to do something, you have all of the access that you need to those materials right there. So let's jump into the five things that teachers no longer need, starting with item number one, filing cabinets and binders. Before I start sharing some of the bad things about filing cabinets and binders, let me just be clear. I've never really liked filing cabinets. When I taught really? second grade, oh, when I taught second grade, <laughs> okay, real quick, uh, cat little, you know, side note. Um, Billy makes fun of me because I have like I have these two different phrases that I will use. So if something, if I really like something, I'll be like, oof. And that means like, it's a good thing. And if I don't, it gets a blah. And like, so just now, as I said that, I was like, 
Yep, he's completely right. I do that all the time. Okay, when I taught second grade, I had a filing cabinet in my classroom because I had to have one and I hated it. I felt like I could never get it organized. I'm going to go more into this in just a second with some of the bad things. But when I transitioned to fourth grade, I did not have a filing cabinet in my room and it was like, ah. However, I have dealt with binders for many years and I was team binder up until about two or three years ago. And can I just say that transitioning away from that has been a game changer. I have always liked filing cabinets. Like I have a filing cabinet right now. It's a a really nice one. It's like a dark one. So it kind of fits the aesthetics of my classroom. But I enjoy it because I would have kids be able to get to things. So like I have all of my assessments and I have like copied assessments because, you know, we did mass customization, which not so much this year, but I would have like my word study pieces. And so kids could just grab like organizers or whatever they needed, which was always awesome. Um, And then I've always been team binder right along with you. But this last year, just, I I think it's been about, how long have we been doing this? A year and a half, maybe? Yeah. The podcast. I think, yeah, I think the past year and a half, I've just kind of not really loved my binder system anymore. I loved it in kindergarten. Loved it. Loved it. All right. Well, you all could not see my face, but I was major stink facing the entire time Bridget was was. saying that. So let's talk about some of the bad things. First of all, filing cabinets are so clunky. Even the dark colored ones that Bridget, you know, is happy about. (laughs) They take up so much space in your classroom. The problem is when they're closed, you have no idea what's inside. Even if you've labeled it and you're like, oh, this is my math drawer. Okay, but you don't know everything that's actually in there. So you have a tendency of like putting stuff in there and completely forgetting about it. You also waste time looking for items. You're like, wait, was it in this drawer or was it in that drawer? And then you go through the drawer and you have all these different like folders and tabs and you're trying to find stuff. The same thing goes for binders. They take up less space than a filing cabinet, but you still have to search through to find what you need. Even if you've labeled that binder, even if you have dividers, once you get to that specific divider, you're still going to have to like flip through a bunch of pages until you find that exact paper that you need. And you end up having this big pile of things that you need to file, and then you're not using the items effectively. This goes back to the TSH. I know I had a drawer of things I need to file. And the reality is I would let that entire drawer fill up until I couldn't fit anything more in there. And then I was like, all right, I guess I'll go through and empty it. And I would find things from like months prior. And I'm like, oh, I kind of forgot I had that. So that's like the bad Bridget go into the good. Yeah. So we're going to talk about creating a system that really stores all of your materials, activities, reading passages on line. And this can really ensure that you have everything you need when planning. So if we think about taking these filing cabinets, these binders, and we make them online pieces, this is again going to save a ton of space in your classroom. Guys, I probably have, I mean, okay, yes. While I do like my dark colored filing cabinet, it is clunky. It does take up a good amount of space. And maybe the kids will sometimes like bump their elbows on it as they're trying to get into the closet oh. doors. But oh, the truth comes I out I feel now. like it's, it's there. <laughs> um, so it is clunky. I do have an entire closet filled with binders that guys, I never touched not once this year. Does that tell you something? It tells me you need to get rid of them. <laughs> 
Um, it can also help to limit the copies and organization that needs to be done when you're finished with those paper copies. Mm. Guys, I can't tell you how easy it is for me to just be able to open up the document, send like, you know, 20 copies to the copy machine and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. I have it there. And then I also, this is like another little like trick thing that I do. I will take a copy of it and I will put it into my notability. And that's how, what I use to model. I don't use paper to model anymore. Like a document camera. I use my iPad. I just project it to my projector. It's fantastic. I've been teaching that way all, all year this year. It's great. Now, you can also use the search and find feature to locate items more quickly. So instead of having to flip through, like Michelle was saying, and you're not able to find it because you didn't put it back in the right spot, you can use that search feature to be able to find whatever it is that you need incredibly quickly. And you can organize the files into digital folders in seconds. Guys, the click, drag, drop, it's it's phenomenal. If you're not using it, you need to use it. And it's so much easier to stay on top of this organization than it is to sit down with a bunch of papers and like page projectors and binder tabs and markers. Like let's think about all the materials that you need in order to do this. Can we also say that it saves money? Yeah. Can I say that too? Speaking of page protectors, I used to, like I said, keep everything yep. in binders. And so I had thousands of page yep. protectors, which again, cost a lot of money. And so recently, Billy's sister, Meredith, she had all of these different cruise items. His family used to have their own like tourism business. And so they are big on cruises. And she wanted to put them into binders to save them. And she was talking about going out and getting page protectors. I was like, no, girl, I got you. I was like, I've got tons of them. Here you go. And I gave them all to her so that they could be repurposed. So hopefully at this point, you're like, all right, Michelle and Bridget, I I hear you. Okay. I'm ready to get rid of my clunky filing cabinet and I'm ready to get rid of my binders. How on earth do I do this? So let's go through just the simple steps of how to make the, these things digital. First of all, get rid of those things that you no longer need or use. If you have not used that item or that worksheet or that test or whatever in the last two years, get rid of it. You don't need it. I know as teachers, we always think, oh, but someday, no, get rid of it. Then decide what you can just take a picture of versus what you will need to scan. Here's what we mean by that. If you have a completed craft or like an example page, you can just take a picture of it, okay? And then you can always insert a picture of that into a slideshow. So when your students are completing that craft or that activity, they can just look at, oh, here's a picture of what it looks like when it's done. Bridget's raising her hand to tell me well, she has something you, to say. I think you went right there too. I think teachers will always come back and say, but wait, they need to see an example of it. Who's to say you can't just throw that example up on the screen and just leave that up there versus having to sit there and make it with your students? You don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, let them problem solve and try and figure out some of those pieces or let them listen to directions because that part is also really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now going back to what you might need to scan, if it is a worksheet or a passage that you need students to access or you want them to be able to access whether it's on Google Classroom or whatever other LMS, then you can actually scan it. Did you know? Hopefully you did because we had a previous episode about this. You can use the Notes app on your phone to scan a document and create a PDF. Go back and listen to that episode. It's all about the what, why, and how for teachers on the Notes app. I don't remember the episode number off the top of my head, but that's okay. Go back and listen to that episode because we tell you exactly how to do it. 
then you can start creating things like new things that you are wanting to use with your students through Google Docs or Google Slides or even PowerPoint. We're definitely team Google, but you know, we know some of you still like PowerPoint. It's okay. We forgive you. And then as you have these files, whether it's something you scanned, something you took a picture of, or something that you created through Google Docs or Google Slides, organize those into folders. Y'all know we really recommend Google Drive. Check out episode 068, Google Drive, the what, why, and how for teachers. We talk all about how to get organized on there. But once you have it set up, like Bridget said, you just open up the file, send your, your copies to the printer, and you're done. You don't have to worry about like reorganizing it because it's already in a folder. Yeah. Okay, so the next area that we're going to be talking about uh, that you no longer need is going to be notebooks, paper, with notes. Um, guys, I was like team notebooks for a really long time. Like I loved me some notebooks. I loved me some planners. Like I was all about it. I had all these different notebooks and then each notebook had a different purpose. Yeah. What's up? Did you have a drawer of like new notebooks to use? Cause I had yeah. my, my new notebook drawer. <laughs> you know it, you know that I like, I would like literally go to like the paper store, like the paper, I can't remember what it's called, but it was a really pretty store that had all these beautiful little notebooks. And I was like, oh, my heart would just flutter. And so I would order all these different notebooks and all these different pins. I was all about notebooks, but let me tell you, <laughs> this is so bad please do not judge me. The moment I would screw up in that notebook, it was worthless to me. Bridget. <laughs> it was wow. Like, as soon as it did not fit the look for what I wanted. And it, like I have so many notebooks that only have like three or five pages like filled up and that's it. I'm a little I scared now it. as your friend. I'm going to mess up one time. And you're going to be like, I'm done with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I had this as a child even, because I was obsessed with getting journals and diaries and things to write in, which I would write in them for like a week and then I would stop and then I'd go out and get a new notebook. But do yeah. you know the store Tuesday morning? Yes. Yeah. So, which my mom always called it like the leftover store because it was the most <laughs> random assortment of stuff. Yes. But we used to go to Tuesday morning and that's where I would pick out like my notebooks and journals. So this has been going on, I feel like for both of us, like our entire lives. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've loved notebooks. Uh, it has been probably the last like three years that I have really started to like kick that habit of doing a notebook. But every once in a while, I will see a notebook that just like is gorgeous and I will feel the paper. Fight <laughs> like, the urge, Bridget, am, fight the urge. I am that person that like, t like puts the paper in between my fingers and like feels it. And I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> see, I kind of do that with food sometimes. If Billy's eating something, and instead of having a bite, I'm like, can I just smell it? And I'm like, I'll, okay, never mind, never mind. This is not a safe space. I can feel it. Y'all are judging me. <laughs> I was so judging. <laughs> okay, Aww. so now that we've told you all the reasons we love notebooks, Bridget's going to tear them apart, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yes, yes. So let's talk about the bad thing when it comes to notebooks. So notebooks and paper can easily be lost and are a hassle to be or be able to organize. I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. How many times did you get to school and think, oh, I forgot my notebook at home. And now your entire day is completely thrown off because you left that notebook at home. It's happened. Just be real. Organizing any sort of notes from PDs, meetings,
things can be really, really time consuming. And I remember just getting so much information from the articles to the organizers to, you know, the to do's and the checklist, all of these different things. And keeping them organized is too much of a hassle. And I've gotten to the point over the years where it's like, okay, but now this binder is full. So do I need to create a new one for a new binder? And then you have to ask yourself, but wait, do I still need that old binder? And it's just this whole like conflicting, I don't know what to do with all of this information situation. So they also end up cluttering up your desk. So you have things that are absolutely everywhere, especially if you're like me and you have multiple notebooks for multiple reasons, or you would only fill it to like page five and then be done with it. Um, And then when you need it the most, you don't have access to that information. Like let's say you end up having a meeting with your team. So you walk over, you're probably on the other side of the building meeting with some, a group of people and you're like, oh, it's in that notebook. Let me just go get it. I mean, what's the point of going to get it? Because you only have five minutes left for that meeting. And so when you needed that information the most, it's not where you are. So our solution for this is taking those notebooks and taking those papers that you have with notes and making them digital. So let's talk a little bit about why this is beneficial. First of all, it's easier to not only take the notes, but also organize them in real time when you are typing them versus writing them on paper. Even if you're using like an Apple pencil and you're like writing them, but it's digital, it's going to be so much faster. I always love when I'm like writing with my Apple pencil and I'm like, oh, I need to move this over here. I can use the little lasso tool and move it versus is on paper, I'm like, oh, this is now all messed up and I have to throw away my notebook because I'm Bridget. Um, Speaking of Bridget, go ahead. (laughs) She's raising her hand. Yes. So I have to tell you this story really quick. So I mentioned in our last episode that I had students who were taking an assessment. So during this exact same assessment, I had one of my students, she was like, I just, I really wish that I had like I could just like lasso it and then move it to the next line. Aww. I'm like, girl, you, that's what they call an eraser. That's what they call an eraser. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, so yeah, when you are doing notes digitally, you can copy and paste. You can move the text around. And one of my favorite features is you can even insert pictures to go with it. When I'm sitting in a PD, so often I'm like taking pictures of the slides. But when I have a physical notebook and then I have the pictures on my phone, like I need to be able to merge them into one. So if I'm taking notes digitally on my iPad or even in a Google Doc, I can literally insert a picture so it's right there and it's all in one place. You also can access your digital notes anywhere you are, especially if you're using iCloud or another form of cloud storage like Google Drive. Whether you're at school, at home, on vacation, which you shouldn't be opening up your notes on vacation, but still you could if you wanted to because they're all right there. And you can easily look back on your notes because you will see them in your cloud storage. As Bridget mentioned, if you have all of these notebooks, chances are you're not going to say, oh, let me sit down and look through all of my old notes. But if you have a folder on your Google Drive and you're like, oh, yeah, remember that PD last month? What was it again? You can easily click and go back and look at them. Or you can even use the search and find feature, which is a game changer. If you know you had a PD on something related to writer's workshop, you can literally type that in and it will pull up your notes. So you don't spend time looking through your plethora of notebooks trying to figure out where you had it. So I feel like we're in this point in the episode right now where if we had those teachers who were diehard like file folders and like binders and notebooks, 
they were probably like, absolutely not. I'm not budging. But now I feel like maybe you're starting to kind of lean in a little bit and you're maybe starting to nod a little bit more because you're totally starting to see the positives of moving things more digital yeah, than and paper. Change is hard. I remember for the longest time when it came to like lesson planners, I was like, well, no, I like to physically write it down. And I had convinced myself that that was truly like what yeah. I needed to do. And once I eased up a little bit, became more flexible and said, you know what, let me try it. I realized, oh, there are so many advantages to this. Like, there's no reason not to do it. Like I don't yeah. need to just be stubborn and keep doing what I was doing. I need to be flexible and open up my mind and try new things because there are a lot of benefits to it. Yeah. And we have to remind everyone that it's going to be clunky in the beginning. It's not going to work seamlessly. You're going to make mistakes. You're going you're going to forget things. It's okay. You need to kind of push past that that hard point to make it start being easier and really have it work for you. So just know that in the beginning, when you're first starting to go digital, it will be clunky. It will feel different and you won't feel as though, oh, I could just go back to paper. It's going to be easier. Well, yeah, of course it's going to be easier because it's what you know. So you have to kind of push past that uncomfortable point um, to make it really work. Okay, so now that I think we're starting to convince you a little bit more, let's talk about how we can make these notebooks and papers digital. So the first thing that you need to do is gather all of your notes and materials. I feel like this is like that moment in the, um, like what is that one TV show, The Tidy? Oh, clean oh Sweep? Gosh. No, not Clean Sweep. It was oh. like the Marie Kondo. That's oh. what her name is. I okay. It's like the Marie Kondo where you have to like gather all of your materials. I went old That's school. That's what I feel like. You did go super old school. And Clean I'm older Sweep than was you. was like the 2000s, I think, is when that was on TV. Yeah. And I'm so much older than you. Um, so gather all of your notes and materials. Decide on whether you want to keep this information and then purge the items that you no longer need or find valuable. Okay. Then you're going to decide on where you're going to store your notes and materials digitally. This is a really, really big thing for me. Um, I feel as though we've talked in these past, you know, month, two months of our podcast episodes of that we have like our notes, like our brain dump area slash, you know, items that we want to check off, like our checklists. We keep our planner for like our lesson plans for organizing, you know, important information. We have our Google Drive for organizing all of our student materials. So you have have to decide with all of these different applications that are out there, where am I going to house this information and stick to it? Don't keep moving things around. Don't say, well, it's a PDF. I'm going to put it into Google Drive. You're only going to make things more difficult. Drop it into a notes if you're going to keep it all inside of your notes app for all of your PD and notes materials. So we have a notes app or Google Drive. Those are kind of the two options that we highly recommend for you. You can listen to episode 068, Google Drive, the what, why, and how for teachers, or episode 063. There's that episode right there, Michelle. I was going right to say, Michelle. there it is. <laughs> yep. Notes app for the what, why, and how for teachers. We recommend going back and listening to those two and then deciding on which one you want to use to house all of your materials. So sort the materials based on the topic, meeting type, 
or year. You have to kind of find what works best for you, what makes your brain say, yes, this is like the way that I need to have it organized. You could combine these as well. So maybe you have like a folder that has, you know, the school year and within that you have it categorized by the type of professional development or the meeting. Um, And then create your folders as needed and then add notes or pictures or PDFs within this Uh, application. Continue taking notes digitally. You can create a template using a Google Doc if you are using Google Drive, or you can create a new note in the Notes app for each new meeting. Yeah, so these you know, transitions that we're talking about, not only do you have to make that transition, but then you have to continue using it digitally. And that goes for all of the different things that we're highlighting in today's episode. Moving on to the third thing that teachers no longer need because it can be made digital, center materials. Ooh. (laughs) This This is a big one, okay? This is a big one. Now, obviously, the past school year has been the year of embracing technology and using things digitally. And more than anything, I think it's helped us realize that things don't have to be physical for students to manipulate them. You know, we can make digital activities that allow students to still collaborate and allow them to complete different sorting tasks but you don't have to have these physical materials. So let's quickly talk about some of those kind of bad things about center materials. First of all, they can take up a lot of space. Now, I was not really using quote unquote centers in my room, but I did have these like hands-on games and um, sorting type activities that I would have my students complete for some lessons, specifically for math. And I have them organized in these rainbow drawers from Michael's, which I love, by the way, the drawers are fantastic. But in order to store all of them just for math, I had two of these drawer systems, which they're they're big. So these center materials take up a lot of space. And the reality is your students damage them over time. If you pick up like a sorting activity that you first made like five years ago and you're like, oh my goodness, like the lamination is peeling off the corners. It's bent, it's folded. So they do not last forever. Plus, once you print and laminate them, you're not able to make a change. So if you notice a mistake, which I feel like happens for me all the time, or your curriculum changes, you have to completely reprint them and relaminate them. So you're spending a lot of money in order to make them. You're spending money on cardstock, on lamination, poster paper, markers, etc. Also, finally, creating those different versions in order to differentiate it can take a lot of time. I know I would create like, oh, well, here's, you know, kind of a set of sorting materials for my students who are like above level on this skill. And then here's my set for my students who are like on it, but they just need more practice. And then here's my set where I'm going to use it to kind of reteach the skill because they're not quite getting it. That means I'm creating three different physical versions, which again, takes time, costs money. It's going to take up even more space. Like there's just so many reasons to take these things and make them digital. I think you should go ahead and say this disclaimer that we have down here. This is a really good time to go ahead and put it in there. Oh, you see it? Um, uh, this, this bullet right here, this bullet. No, down here. Oh, oh, you're on a different page. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. No wonder. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's a really good time to, to throw in this disclaimer right here. Okay. So here's our disclaimer. Not everything has to be made digital. We are not suggesting that you throw out every single center material. 
However, we want you just to consider different options and try to change it up. Even if you can get rid of like half of your center materials, think, I'm thinking of like those drawers that I have. If I could get rid of half of them, I would have just one one set, one drawer that has all my center materials. And then I can kind of change it up with some of those digital activities. And again, we're going to talk about some different options for that. But just know that we are not suggesting you get rid of everything, but just embrace some changes. Well, and I think it's important that if we've been doing things digitally this past year, you've devoted a lot of time to creating digital resources, materials, centers, You don't want to just throw it all away when we go back Mm -hmm. to a little bit more normal thing. So what we're asking you to do is try to merge the two so that one, you're not wasting as much time, but then you're also kind of varying what your kids are doing in the classroom. We have the tech now. Schools have bought it. Now let's just try to figure out how to use it appropriately. So let's talk about the good thing if by making some of these centers, not all of them, but some of them digital. Now that we've pretty much had this like digital piece here, it's easier to prep, right? I mean, now that we've kind of figured it out and we've learned what how to make things digitally, it's way easier to prep. It's easier to organize and to change and accommodate for students like that vary as far as the means so we can easily change numbers and create a new version. I mean, think about Google Drive. You can just right click and hit make a copy and then change up some different numbers and then title it with, you know, differentiated or however you want to title it so that you know exactly which students can benefit from that one. Um, It increases the space in your classroom. Going back to Michelle's drawers, like think about how much more space she's going to end up having versus having to have like locations to store all of these materials. It's going to be less cleanup and storage. Guys, I cannot tell you I mean, I just think about my kindergarten days. Don't have it so much like this year, like in the upper elementary as far as centers. Although I still had like activities and games and like extra resources for kids. But back in my kindergarten days, I had to switch out those suckers like every week. And then that was laminating and cutting and paper and cardstock and time and like cuts, like paper cuts and lamination cuts. Have y'all had lamination cuts? You know, the ones that get underneath like your like hangnails. Oh, they hurt so bad. Uh, It's a thing, I promise. But let's just be real. It's not going to cost as much. So if you make some of these items digital, no less costs, no lamination, no printing, none of that. You're saving so much time and money at the end of the day. So now that we've discussed the reasons you should make this jump to using more centers and things digitally, I'm going to give you a few ideas of how to do this. Now, previously, we had kind of given you like step by step of like you you make folders and you do this. These are going to be more so just ideas for digital centers. So number one, you can use QR codes around the room. So QR codes are super easy to generate. There's tons of free websites where you can upload a document, where you can type in text or upload a picture so that when they scan the QR code, that picture or that text comes up. So all you would need to do is print the QR code or if you have different devices in your room, you could even display the QR code digitally on an iPad or on a Chromebook. Then when students scan the QR code, it will have the passage or the question or the problem that you want them to solve. Idea number two is using Jamboards. 
I know one thing I would do in my room a lot were like chalk talks or graffiti walls. So I would put like a question or a quote or something on a big piece of poster paper and have my students share their thoughts by writing around it. Well, that uses up a lot of paper. And then I, you know, have to keep track of like, well, what different questions or what different quotes did I have on these chalk talks? I can make that digital using Jamboard. So Jamboard is almost like an a free online whiteboard that's through Google. And students can add in like drawings, they can insert images, they can add little sticky notes around it. So it makes it really easy for them to collaborate and respond to a prompt, but in a digital way. Idea number three is using Google Slides with pieces that you can manipulate or move around and sort. So this is a great way to kind of create some of those like games or some of those sorting activities that you were using physically. Literally, Google Slides can be used for so many different things. And if you don't know how to get started with this, go on to YouTube. There's tons of videos that teachers have created where they're showing you how to create these different digital activities. And then idea number four is to use cahoots or quizzes. I'm going to spell that because you're probably like, I have no idea what you just said. So quizzes is Q-U-I-Z, like the word quiz. But then at the end, you add I-Z-Z. So quizzes. Basically, these are websites that are okay. free for, oh, I was still talking. I am so sorry. Wow. I know. It Hold froze on. and I thought you were done. Okay. And can we just acknowledge that while I'm going through these, Bridget just went into her desk drawer and pulled out like this roller thing for her face. So she's sitting here rolling her face and then she just jumps in and cuts me off. Excuse me. I was on a roll. No pun intended. Anyway, Kahoot and Quizzes allows you to create like quiz type questions and answers or matching activities and you can store them all on your account so you can easily use them from year to year. Okay, Bridget, continue. I apologize. You froze and so I thought you were done. <laughs> so sorry. But I was rolling. It's like a jade roller. It's fantastic. I use it on my face. It's so nice and cooling and it's supposed to help me look young and beautiful. All right, moving on. So the Fourth thing that teachers no longer need to have are going to be forms. So here's the thing. Like we use forms a lot, whether we use them to be able to collect information, to collect parent information, um, to be able to help us with um, like bathroom signouts. And I'm going to mention that in just a little bit. But like I have to have so many different signouts because we've got to track kids because if we don't track them, then we can't make sure that they're not up to any funny business. And so I have a lot of different forms that I have to feel like I feel like I'm constantly signing out. So here's the bad thing when it comes to forms. Storing materials can be time consuming. So I mentioned to you guys that I have like this bathroom form that I have to have. And it's mainly because kids do naughty things in the bathroom. Not those type of naughty things. I'm talking like naughty things as in like they're writing on the walls. They're like shoving like paper inside of the toilets. They're like putting like, they're just, they're making a mess in the bathrooms, especially this year. It's like, y'all have got too much time on your hand to be able to go into the bathroom and do all of that craziness. I have to like throw this story in there. So we have these like little laminated sheets of paper that are in the bathroom stalls. And it basically is like a little moment, like while you're on this little potty that you could sit there and you can read. And it says, make sure to throw your paper away, make sure to wash your hands, make sure to flush the toilet, that kind of reminder. 
Well, the kids now are taking those things and they're moving them. So one day I came in and was right where it needed to be. Then I came in a little bit later and it was like on the sidewall. And then I came in a little bit later and then it was on the back wall all the way up. Like they had to stand on the toilet, which by the way, how are you not afraid that your foot is going to fall inside of it? And it's like all the way on the back wall upside down. And then another time I came in and it was like on the toilet. Like you couldn't sit on the toilet because the little paper thing was there. The little laminated sheet of paper was there. They're very crafty. Let me tell you. I would just like to say that you are a very brave soul for even going in the kid's bathroom. I never go in there. Do you not? No. Really? Ew. No. Oh, I do. No, no, no. Oh, I do. Avoid at all costs. No, I do. Nope. So um, I have to store all of these different types of forms, especially parent forms, things that you're gathering from the beginning of the year that you're or either that you're using throughout the year. Locating these materials when you do need the information. So let's say my principal came to me and said, hey, I want to know what was your class doing from this time to this time. I go in like my detective mode and having to track all of those papers is very, very difficult. I really like detective mode, like teacher. It's fun, super fun. Um, And then the information may not be accessible when you're away from your classroom. So there have been times when we've gotten emails and saying, hey, you can look for this information. I don't like to wait until the last minute because like I said, I like to play detective. And so having those materials right where I can find them online is really, really nice. Printing and prepping them is horrible. I can't tell y'all how many times that I've had these really beautiful little sign out sheets and then all of a sudden the kids are like, we're out of sign out sheets and then I forget and it takes me like a month. And so the kids are just like writing on the back or they're starting to write on the side or they've picked out a new just like blank sheet of paper. It's just a hassle. So it's harder to share information, especially with these forms um, with other admins or teachers. So Think about some of the forms that you can possibly start to like make more digital. Okay. I was going to say you're kind of stealing my thunder there, but that's okay. I know. (laughs) I know. Sorry. Okay. So now let's talk about some of the benefits of taking these forms and making them digital. First of all, you don't have to make copies. This is especially helpful for some of those forms that you need for students or parents. So when you think about getting a new student throughout the middle of the year, you're like, oh, I have to make copies of these five different forms. If you have them all digital, you don't have to make copies, so it's going to save you time. You also can use these forms again year after year with minimal prep. So Bridget mentioned being able to like duplicate the you know things on Google Drive and make a copy of them, and then you can reuse the exact same form every single year. When it comes to parent forms, it's going to be so much easier for parents to complete a digital form. First of all, you don't have to worry about the paper actually making it home because you know some students, you give it to them and you see them like scrunch it in their backpack and you're like, that paper is never going to see the light of day again. So when you send it to parents digitally, you're ensuring that they're actually getting it and therefore can complete it. When it comes to student forms, such as those bathroom logs, you are going to get more accurate information. I know personally, my students, they always look up at my board to get the date. So when they're filling out their bathroom log, they look up at the board. And of course, there recently was a time when I forgot to change the board. So they had the complete wrong date. And once one student writes it, the rest of the students are just writing the exact same date that the first student wrote. They're not realizing that it's, you know, the same date that they were writing yesterday. So doing it digitally will ensure more accurate information. And then finally, as Bridget mentioned, sometimes you don't have those responses with you because if it's a physical form, 
I guarantee you, you're not taking home those parent forms every single night. So if you're at home and you need that information, if it's digital, you're going to have access to it no matter what. Yep, that's right. So how do we make things these forms digital? So create QR codes for digital signouts for the bathroom and your classroom library. These are something that I've been using for the past couple of years and it's really nice. Again, I think with the accuracy of information, not having to worry about printing things. And the kids have now figured out a way to store these codes inside of their like QR code reader. So now they can just click on it on their iPad. They actually don't even have to scan it, but they're just storing that information and they're just able able to sign out super quick. Um, you can also create forms for parent signups at the beginning of the year. So these signups can be for volunteers for each month that you send out to family, or it can be to collect parent emergency information. You can also use these digital signups for conferences. So for example, Signup Genius or Google Forms are really easy ways for you to be able to, to like tell what times and days that you have for parent conference and then have parents sign up um, so much more easily with that. And then you can also use these Google Forms to submit a lunch count um, or even to survey your staff or families or even your students because I plan on doing that this year. I, I didn't do it last year, but I plan on surveying families and my students on how they believe the year went. So it'll be interesting to get that feedback. All right, moving on to the fifth and final thing that teachers can get rid of, their paper planners. Y'all knew this was coming. Okay, Bridget and I like created our own digital planner. So you knew that this was going to be on there. And we've talked about this before, but we do want to highlight it again. Some of the negative things about having a paper planner. First of all, you have to carry it with you everywhere. And if you forgot it, then you're not able to plan, which is a big bummer. You also have to try to make changes when your lesson plans shift, which especially this year I feel like has been happening all the time. That's really difficult with a paper planner. You either have to erase or draw arrows and then it gets messy and then you can't tell what you meant and it's just a hot mess. It's also more time consuming to use a paper planner. You have to either put stickers in or write your headings week after week after week. And then finally, if you want to reference previous years to say, hey, what lesson did I do on this day? You have to hold on to and store all of those old planners, which which ends up taking up a lot of space. And it's going to be something that is very time consuming to try to look back on. Yeah. So, so there's a really good thing about moving to digital planners. First of all, it's lightweight. You're carrying it either on your phone, your iPad, your laptop, and that's something that you're already carrying already. So you're not adding to the bulk of what you have to take back and forth from home to school. You can access information from anywhere using the cloud. So planning at home or during a meeting, or if you're at a doctor's office and you're waiting, then you have that ability to be able to plan somewhere to just kind of inch in. What are you call that, Michelle, when you say that it's like the times that you look for? My, I can't think of it now. Micro productivity. That is exactly what, yeah. where I was going with it. And then it's also really easy to make changes to your lesson plans or to even shift plans and then make copies from previous years. So for example, if I know that I did something last year and I just want to copy it over, I can go into my cloud. I can look up that planner because it's digitally stored there, make a copy of it, and then just very easily paste it. Now I have a question, Michelle. Are yeah. you a large writer or a small writer? Um, do you write really big or do you write really little? I tend to write small. You tend to write small. 
I don't tend to write small. I'm actually a really like big fluffy person writer. And so another really benefit is that if you are somebody who writes really big like I do, uh, it's very easy to change the size of your writing, your handwriting, like on your digital planner. You can just lasso it and then shrink it down so that it fits within the constraints of the boxes of your digital planner. Makes it really easy and super efficient. And then it's also easy for the planning process. So you can reference important dates and everything is linked so that you can easily jump from one part of the planner to another. Now I'm going to just throw in one little bonus (laughs) bad thing versus good thing. And it's going to sound like a plug. And yes, it is. But it's also the truth. So another bad thing about paper planners is they can be very expensive. I used to be team Erin Condren and I loved Erin Condren planners. And I would spend between like $70 and $80 on a planner for the year. And that did not even include like any stickers I was going to add. It was literally just the planner. So friends, when it comes, I can't believe I just pulled a friends. That's literally how I talk to my kids. Uh, (laughs) But when it comes to digital planners, it's probably going to be a lot cheaper. So Bridget and I's digital planner is less than $20, which is extremely affordable in comparison to a lot of paper planners. So when it comes to how to make this jump to digital planning, we've got you covered because we have digital planners for the 2021-2022 school year. We've gotten so many emails from you all and you're like, when are they available? When are they available? So You all will start to get used to kind of our release dates for the planners um, year to year, but the 2021-2022 school year planners are available. We do have both Google Slides and tablet versions, so you can choose which ones you would prefer. Both of them are already pre-dated, so it's going to save you a lot of time. They are linked, so instead of flipping through a ton of pages to get to the one that you want, you can literally click on the hyperlinks and it takes you right there. So nice. Again, since it's digital, you can access your planner anywhere. You don't have to lug it back and forth to school. If you are like, all right, you've convinced me, please give me a digital planner. You can purchase it over on our website at www.teachingonthedouble.com slash store. They are on sale for the first two weeks of May. So if you hurry, you can grab it for 15% off and then you can customize your planner using digital stickers. We do have a pack of 100 teacher header stickers. So like those headers that you would put on your like weekly planning pages. We have 100 of them in 10 different colors. They are called our teacher header stickers. So you can grab those. And we even have a pack of free stickers that you can get on our website if you just go to teachingonthedouble.com and click free stickers in the top right corner. You can sign up and have those sent to your email inbox right away. I love the teacher header stickers. Yeah. they're. I love that I'm able to just copy it and just paste it into every week. And Mm -hmm. it's just a really nice like signal for what I'm planning for. And guys, we use this planner. Like we use it. And I love because they come in 10 different colors, it really allows teachers to fully customize and like color code the way that they want to. You know what I mean? Exactly. No, I do. Because like my lunch, my bathroom, all of those are all gray for me. Mm -hmm. And then it's really nice because my special, it's in purple so that whenever I switch to a new special because we have it for six days and then we rotate to a new special for six days every week, it's kind of weird. Yeah, that's interesting. 
Yeah. Well, we used to have it to where like on day ones, we would go to library. Day twos, we would go to music. Yep. Day threes. But this year, because specialists are coming to us, we would have it for six days. So my kids gotcha. have like PE for six days and then we move to another special. Um, but it's nice because then I can just go to the purple, grab that color, but for uh, a different special and then just have it changed at the bottom. So I always know my special is the same color, yep. but I can always switch it out. So it's a, a different special every six weeks. So I, I love it. It's been, I love my, I love my planner. I know it's, it's our baby. So we're a little biased, but it truly is something every time I open it up, it just like makes my heart feel so happy. I feel organized. I feel like I'm doing things efficiently and that's just like yeah. a really good feeling for me. Yeah, no, I agree. So let's review what are those five things that teachers no longer need. So the first one is going to be filing cabinets slash binders. Number two is notebooks and papers with notes on them. Number three is center materials. Four is forms. And five are your paper planner. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, are Sorry. you going to do that other bullet there? Yep. If you want more ways about how to adapt physical planners to be used digitally, check out episode 035, Reduce Your Paper Flow with One Simple Change. Now, while you're over on our website, you know, purchasing your digital planner, go ahead and submit your TSH, your time-sucking hurdle. Uh, and y'all will need to keep listening to our episodes because Billy keeps telling me he's going to submit a TSH that involves me, so a way that I am sucking away his time. <laughs> he hasn't done it yet, but it's coming. So just be on the lookout for that. Also, make sure you are subscribed to our podcast. That way you are notified every time we drop our new episodes on Thursday morning and you do not miss any of the good stuff. Also, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We truly love reading them. Last I checked, Bridget, we were at 399 reviews. Wow. And I feel like when we hit 500, we should do some kind of like giveaway. We should. We should. Definitely. So, you know, help us get there. Leave a review. And until next time, be timely. Stay organized. And be productive. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs>